Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Evening, it's live. It's happening. Everything's working, I assume. That's a fair assumption to make. And uh, not only are we live on Facebook and also uh, YouTube, but this social media influencer right here is about to go live in any second on the gram. That's right. He is one of uh, Instagram's, um, I won't say top, but he's one of Instagram's um, live users. I think that's all we can say um, hand on heart. I don't think we can really say that he's a top one because I'm sure there are people who have got more um, followers on on the gram and indeed Facebook. But uh, what this is all about is quality, not quantity. That's what I tell myself. Okay, so it's all about quality. And there is certainly quite a lot of quality about to come up with some of the questions that I have been uh, asked in the last week. If you have a question that uh, you would like answered, and particularly if it is related to plastic surgery, I'm your man. Jackie is in the house. Power user, I would say Jackie is um, um, is probably holding up the uh, Instagram account uh, single-handedly. Thank you, Jackie. Um, and I, uh, I, I'm i going to go in with this one here. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you if it is possible in your clinic to remove the bags under the eyes. They're very prominent, and I would like to get rid of them because they look very unsightly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, in terms of eyes, you've got uh, upper and lower eye lids, which we can operate on and take the excess skin <clears throat> away from. And the upper eyelids is a relatively, relatively simple procedure. There's always stuff that can happen, but it's a relatively simple procedure um, to remove the skin of the upper eyelids. The lower eyelids, the so-called bags under your eyes, is a little bit more difficult procedure. Um, it's slightly more involved and it is um, more likely to require a general anesthetic and therefore we don't do it at the clinic because we don't do general anesthetic at the clinic we only do local anesthetic at the clinic we do do general anesthetic but we normally well not normally always have to go to a hospital to do general anesthetic and that it puts an extra level of complexity on things and costs and price etc etc so um I'll, and I'll, I'll be full. I'll, I'll give you full good disclosure here. We don't really do much in the way of faces. I don't do faces personally, um, but we do have surgeons at the clinic who do do faces. Um, but the uh, thrust of the clinic is breast and body. Most of the work we do is breast and body. Um, as I say, upper lip brephoplasties uh, is is one thing. Lower lids is a bit more of a big deal, and. Um, do you know what? I should probably know. The answer is you call the clinic, they'll know and they'll know um, what the guys are doing and and where they're doing it. Um, 
this is bad. The first question. Fortunately, no one's on. Hardly anyone's on. Jackie, in a couple of, you know, it's all right. It's all right, Jackie, isn't it? You're used to this. You're used to this shambolic answering the questions. What I should do is read the questions before I start, shouldn't I? Let's be honest with ourselves. If you were, um, if you were going to tell me how to do this, you know, if you were mentoring me, you'd say, read the questions, mate, before you start. So you know what you're going to say. Don't just go in there and put the question up live on TV. Um, because that's a recipe for disaster because stuff like this happens they ask you relatively simple questions and you don't really know what you're on about um, so yeah well I do know because the question says is it possible to remove the bags on the eyes of the clinic well no it's not but it is possible under GA and I don't I don't I don't know what the guys are up to in that in, the, in those terms a bit more difficult um, right move on guys move on let's move on because uh, I was wondering if you did forehead reduction surgery at all, not a hair transplant. Yeah, no, I get you. And I actually had a patient the other day ask me about this, actually live, live in the in the clinic. And the answer is no. Um, we don't. I mean, I would say even that's even a niche of facial plastic surgery. So I don't do facial plastic surgery in terms of t um, nose, uh, rhinoplasty, um, facelifts, brow lifts, those sorts of things. So I don't do those. That's a that's a sort of separate specialty within plastic surgery. Um, I just do breast and body contouring. And then fair, um, oh, I was about to say fairy dust there, because fairy dust came up. And then hair transplant is like a niche of itself. Um, and I understand that if you're not, you're saying forehead reduction, not hair transplant, I get that. But uh, what will we say, hair restoration surgeon, or I don't know what you call it, but that is a niche in itself. Um, the one, the, 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 the one that I know is Greg Williams. Um, he is uh, a plastic surgeon who seems to have made a name for himself within the hair restoration space, should we say. Um, so he would be my recommendation. I don't do um, forehead reduction, so I, I think it's basically bringing the hairline down. Um, so I can't really give much comment on that, but uh, Greg Williams would be my recommendation uh, in those terms. By the way, I've got a new feature on um, Facebook, I think it's Facebook, is it Facebook or YouTube? I think it's Facebook, where I've got a little snake that goes around the screen. And every time someone gives a comment, I think it gets bigger. I don't know. I think that's what it said when I when I clicked on it. Um, I don't know because no one's commented, but um, just so you know that, that the snake gets bigger. So yeah, a big long snake when we um, have all the comments together. I'm just looking at myself in the, in the camera and I'm seeing stains on my shirt. It... I didn't know that was like that. I would have put a clean shirt on if I'd known. Oh my god, is that? That's a pen, isn't it? That's pen marks. That's not going to come out. What on earth is going on with this top? How'd you get pen marks? Would I have done that? I mean, Right, anyone got, there you go, Sue's put a comment, what's happened? Did the snake, something happen to the snake? Sue's put a comment just to move the snake. I don't think it's moved the snake, Sue, because I think I've the, the, the snake starts with three dots, but you've got your little picture in one of the dots there, Sue. Thanks for that, Sue. That's good. Um, that was well worth it, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so if anyone knows how to remove pen marks, I've just realised by being live on camera that I've got a pen all over my top. 
But anyway, let's move on. Let's keep it professional because goodness knows we need some help here. What have we got? I'll tell you what we got. How long do you how long do you need to walk hunched over for a tummy tuck? Common question, this one. The answer is it kind of is up to you. We or I don't tell you to walk hunched over when you have a tummy tuck. So um, you you walk hunched over because it is so tight, because it, you have to make it really tight because it always gives. Um, and so you, you you naturally will walk over hunched over to take the tension off the wound. And so um, over time, that tension does, uh, that, that, that feeling of tightness does relax and you're able to walk straighter. But it's very different with different people. It depends on how tight your skin is. So sometimes people have tighter, have an increased skin um, uh, uh, elasticity than others. <coughs> and it just depends on how your skin, how everything relaxes and reacts. Um, normally people come for a consultation at, uh, or for a dressing at one week and you're still bent over at one week. I'm, I think two weeks is kind of normal, just talking to people. I think two weeks is normal for, um, for, for to walk hunched over. So the answer is two weeks. The answer to that question is two weeks normally, but sometimes people are feeling pretty good at a week. Sometimes people are still feeling a bit uncomfortable at three weeks. So it is not a um, set in stone for when it is. Um, thanks for the comments, Sue. Um, that's the only one we've got. So we've got one little picture from the snake, but that's okay. How many comments do we need? Well, at least three to fill in the little pictures. But anyway. Um, I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm going to just still carry on as if um, as if I've got a big long snake. And I clearly, I um, I haven't. But anyway, that's okay. Uh, when you're a pro, they, they teach you that. You know, just show must go on. So, is Spanx a good replacement for a binder? Yes, it is. Um, and this is another thing which is quite personal in terms of a post-operative advice for people. So I would take anything you read or see here with a pinch of salt if I am not your surgeon. So my advice is always listen to your surgeon, do what your surgeon advises you and go with their uh, post-op regime because we're all a little bit different and we've all got little bits of viewpoints about stuff and how we do things. And in my practice, I call a um, binder a support garment rather than a compression garment some people use the word compression and like want slot moving tight and things i always say it's a support binder so it's to give you support it's to help with swelling it's to make it more make it more comfortable we don't want it so it's really tight we don't want it so it's compressing it's not kind of pushing it's not like you take it off and you think oh my goodness me i can breathe now so it's got to be supportive uh, rather than com compressive so um, I would say that it's something that's comfortable for you. And things like Spanx or those big pants that hold your tummy in can be more comfortable than the binder sometimes. Sometimes the binder isn't very comfortable. And so if you find something that's more comfortable and, and Spanx may be a good option, then that is fine. If it's comfortable, then it's right. So um, that is my advice to you on that one is to use what's comfortable and we often advise people to look for alternatives if the binder we give them is not uh, comfortable so it's not like written in stone you have to use the binder use what's comfortable and Spanx may be a good option uh, as an alternative Kerry has commented so we've got two members of the stake thank you very much hi wave back at you how long after the tomato can you drive excellent so um, 
let's leave it up there Kerry shall we um, <clears throat> so in terms of uh, driving the first thing I would say is you need to check with your car insurance because they might say it's got to be three weeks after surgery or something like that they might say it's got to be a certain period of time but they might say it's up to the doctor so uh, if it's up to me we will see you at one week uh, at the dressing clinic and you're usually not able to drive to that dressing clinic appointment. You're able to be a passenger in the car because you're kind of bent when you're in the passenger seat, but I wouldn't say you'd be able to drive at that one week appointment um, because a tummy tuck is quite a big deal and it will knock you back and it is a bit uncomfortable. So um, two weeks, I would say, is possible after two weeks. So the first week, you might feel like it. The second week, you'd be feeling better, but not, uh, not, not, um, not 100%. After two weeks, I think, is kind of when most people can, can think about going back to driving. If you drive because of work, sometimes I say to people, look, you're better off saying three weeks because I can't guarantee the two weeks. And sometimes work can get a bit cheesed off if you say, I'm going to be back in two weeks. And then you're like, oh, crikey, actually, it's a bit worse than I thought. I'm not really feel comfortable for, for, you know, for going back to work, things like that. So I would say three weeks is safer. But for, for you know to be sure you'll be able to, I think most people will be able to drive at three weeks. Often you'll be able to drive at two weeks. So two to three weeks is the answer to that one, Kerry. Um, and if you if you're employed, it might be safe to say three weeks off for that reason. Thank you for the comment. Second member of the snake, congrats. Um, when can you start driving? And oh, oh right, okay. Uh, when, when can you start driving and walking up the stairs after a tummy tuck? Okay, that's kind of like the same as the last question. Uh, well, driving, can I refer you to the last one? Walking up the stairs. Um, walking up the stairs. I mean, you're bent over, but you can walk up the stairs straight away. Most people have bedrooms upstairs, don't they? So you can go to bed. Yeah. You can walk upstairs straight away um, after a tummy tuck. You might need help. You obviously need a banister. You might need someone to support you. For the first few days but yeah walking upstairs is fine just be a bit um mind your own business my book one of my books that's my other one um my other book by the way except to live from strangers um yeah sorry that was similar to carrie's question wasn't it um, what are the largest prostheses you have inserted on a patient and up to what size do you do commercially available prostheses go in size? Well, I'll tell you now, that question right away makes me think I'm probably not your surgeon um, because people asking that sort of question want big implants and I when I measure someone for implants, I go on the base width and I don't really want to go more than the base width of your breast. Some people do. Surgeons do put implants in bigger than the base width of the breast. So there are people out there who do put big implants in, but that's not me and that's not my practice. So I don't particularly um, do that. So I will have a go at answering the question, but I'm immediately thinking you're probably better off seeing someone else when you come and say what's the largest implant you've ever done sort of thing um I don't, I, I don't know what the largest one i've ever done on but it would be on a wide patient because the wider it is the bigger it is and it would be 600 odd don't think i've ever done anything bigger than 600 odd 
um, and what's the size to the commercially available go up to it's kind of like that i mean they might make them 700 or i don't know but six seven six six hundred is i think usually the sort of biggest ones they do as uh, when you say commercially available <clears throat> kind of off the shelf so you can get a custom made prosthesis for these people who have these massive ones 800 1300 cc implants you know there are people out there with these big implants but that would be a custom made implant um so the ones that are sort of stock normally it's 600 odd as i say i i i'm not sure because i don't go i don't go to that part of the implant range very often they might be up to 700 i, I don't know but um as i say it's mainly based on the base width of the implant the base width of the implant and then the shape and profile of the implant and then that lends itself to a certain volume so if you're one of those people who want the really biggest implants or particularly if you've already got fairly big implants in and you want bigger implants in then probably i'm not your surgeon we've all got niches i'm more into natural results people who've had children lost volume asymmetries um out of proportion bringing back into proportion type thing that's kind of where i am with my um practice so uh big 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 ones are usually not uh, uh, gonna um it, i can't make it look good basically so it's not really my uh, forte uh, as it as it were um okay well we had three spots on the um on the snake and we've only got two comments but you know what's it's uh, two comments and a little spot on the snakes okay um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cry about it we'll we'll we'll, we'll work with we'll work with what we got um believe it or not that is it for me i've got no uh got no more preordained questions i promise to try and do a bit of practice before next hand next week and try and uh, read the question beforehand so i'm not left trying to answer a question i don't know the answer to um b and her vsg have a question here hi hi jj with implants should they be upgraded person changed every, every so many years no um good question via her vsg um if you a lot of people think they've got to be changed every whatever ten, 10 years is the norm isn't it people say they've got to be changed every 10 years uh no most implants um are actually built for life they've often got a lifetime warranty uh they're built for life and the reason you need to have implants changed is usually your body's reaction to the implant rather than the implant itself obviously the implant can rupture um, but that's not as common as you might think. Um, probably the most common reason to, to change an implant is capsular contracture, which is scar tissue forming around the implant, making the implant go hard. And then you can have that scar tissue removed and new implants put in. Now, whenever you change implants, there are risks with changing implants. There are risks with the surgery. There's potential for complications. And so if you haven't got a problem with the implant, then I would say don't. Uh, have it changed we offer patients follow-up so we do follow up and keep an eye on you and what have you but I don't particularly recommending someone have implants changed if they've got no problems and if they look fine because you can potentially run into problems doing that surgery and there's no need if there's no clinical need to uh, to do that I would say leave it alone and don't have them upgraded or anything like that if there's no problems leave them be 
Now, good news, everyone. I've got great news. We've got another comment on um, Facebook. But sadly, just noticed, it's not sadly, I mean, I'm delighted we got another comment. It's from Sue. And because I think Sue did the first one, it hasn't added a little dot on the snake. So we still only got two dots on the snake, even though we've got three comments. But there you go. Um, me and VSG, you're welcome. Adam, good to see you. I did see you at the Barps, and I meant to say hello, and I didn't, and then I didn't see you again. But hello, Adam, how are you? Um, Sue, just a quick one. Will my belly button close over if I can't stretch it? It's not unheard. It's not unheard of, Sue. I mean, it's not common. I'll be honest with you. It's not common for it to completely close over, but it is potential. I don't want to worry you, Sue. Um, but it is important to try and get in there and get massaging it. And if you can't get your finger in there, get something people often use, like a make back of a makeup brush. Get in there, get a bit of pressure to try and stretch it out and just try and stop that scar tissue from uh, from um, from closing it down. So it is. It, as I said, I don't want to worry you. So, but since you asked the question, can it kind of close over? Well, yes, it can kind of close over. So you can't really get anything in, and it's like um, close. Over. So that is the worry of a of a tummy tuck. It's always the worry is the belly button will be too small. I don't really worry about the belly button being too big. It's, you know, you can kind of close down a belly button if you if if needs be. But often the the problem is that it contracts in, and uh, that is always a problem. So I would say to you. You know, get in there early, try and get some pressure in there, try and um, push on it to soft, keep that scar soft. And over time, hopefully that scar will soften up and it will open up. But it's it's something we need to keep an eye on. So we need to keep our eyes on that one. So uh, faux show, we're going to be keeping our eyes on that um, and making sure that it's all fine. I mean, you're going to don't, don't despair because you can kind of open it up if it does and you can try and do surgery to. To, to widen and open up a belly button. It is quite difficult, uh, full disclosure, to do that because you have to kind of import tissue in, um, but it's not impossible. So it is possible to do that. So um, do not despair, but obviously pre prevention is better than cure. So if you can get a bit of pressure on it, get something in there, preferably your hand, then you uh, will be in a better position. Um, but don't worry, I'm going to hold you by the hand. Yeah, get you through this. Jude has got a question, and Jude is a new Facebook commenter, so we have now got our requisite three in the snakes. <laughs> Jude, fantastic. Well done for asking a question. I'm very grateful to you for said question. And what is that question? Well, I'll tell you what that question is. My breast implants are malpositioned, and I want to go smaller. Can I get them replaced without a lift? Yes, for sure you can, Jude. Um, absolutely fine. The only problem is, and I guess it depends a little bit on how long you've had them in, um, because the fact that you are asking about the lifting is that the implants will have stretched the skin a bit. Uh, if you haven't haven't had them in for long, it might not matter too much. But if you have had them in for any period of time, that skin will be stretched. And so, can you have them replaced without a lift? Yes, but they will. The will that or they may there may be a shape compromise. Their shape might uh, they might sit a bit low. They might droop a little bit okay you've been having them in for four years um so yeah four years is a fair period of time so that, that skin will have stretched in that time and so they um they the the shape might not be as good basically so yes you won't need a lift but you might not have very good shape uh it's difficult with you know it, 
without seeing you and examining you and seeing because some people kind of need a lift already so if you kind of need a lift already or borderline for a lift now i'm not saying you are because i don't know anything about you, your situation but if you are and then you downsize your implants you're going to need a lift even more so the shape will be worse so it's just having a conversation with with your surgeon and doing what's right for you and if you don't want to lift fine don't have one but accept the shape might not be quite so good and they might be a bit droopy and sometimes when you've got implants in you can have kind of like an implant here in the breast drooping off the implant kind of falling off the implant which doesn't look great and if you are i mean as i say it depends on it's hard to do this because i don't know anything about you but if you are one of these people who's have you know are worried about this then on paper if you don't want to lift the way to get around that is to use a bigger implant to kind of take up the skin take up the slack if you like um, but if you don't want a bigger implant, then obviously that'll make your breast bigger. So you might say, I don't want my breast to be bigger, I want them smaller. Okay, well, you can get the size right by having them smaller, but there might be a compromise on the shape. The shape might not be as good. Um, so you, you, it's about going into surgery with expectation on what you could expect. So you don't go in and uh, come out thinking, hold on a minute, they look worse. Um, because they might look worse, quite frankly, if they are smaller, because they might um, be a bit more droopy. Now, you might be happy with that because you don't want the size. You, you're happy having a smaller size. But, um, yeah, expectation, that's the job we have as surgeons to try and get our expectation on the same page so you know what to expect, so you're not unhappy if the outcome is what we thought the outcome was going to be anyway, sort of thing. So good luck, Jude. I don't want to be negative, but just realistic. That's what it is. Be positive once you made the decision for surgery, but be realistic. Yes, if you're going smaller, they might be a bit more droopy than they are now. Uh, what we got? Ideally, I'm planning for bingo wing surgery and breast implants at the same time. What do you recommend as recovery time? I w work from home. I think that is WFH. Office job, high pain threshold. Yeah, weapon hoping for 10 working days working days 10 working days quite a long title sounds good v and her vsg i like it uh because 10 working days is like what's that a week and a half isn't it um i would have said two weeks uh what did you say i work from home yeah yeah office job the other thing i, I always kind of think to take into the mix uh v don't mind calling it v is um if you kind of work for someone else or if you work for yourself so if you work for yourself or if you're kind of flexible then you'll probably be going back to work sooner <clears throat> than if you work for someone else and particularly if you have to go to an office you've already said you're working from home but if you have to go to an office then you might want to have a bit longer off because you don't want to go back to the office and then think oh, i feel really tired I feel really uncomfortable i want to go home early and everyone says why did she come back why didn't she take more time off so you know you're probably three weeks before you're into things a bit more you know a bit more active and what have you but i understand we all need to um um earn the filthy lucre so we all need to go back to work at a certain time and i think 10 working days is not a bad um a length of time and i think you will feel a lot better in that second week i think the first week you will be uh, uncomfortable it's quite a lot so what are you doing Bingo wings and breast implants. Yeah, it's quite a lot of surgery. We'll feel, feel quite tight, quite uncomfortable. But I think 10, 10 working days is a reasonable goal. It's always difficult, isn't it? Because you don't know. Some people feel great. Some people feel uncomfortable. Hopefully, you're going to be one of the great ones. Um, but I think that's a reasonable 
to say, but also to talk to your surgeon, you know, as I say, we'll see what they say. But this surgeon here says that sounds reasonable. Um, the so, um, well, I'm going to go and get this in the wash. Hold on. Oh, it's not pen. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's my scarf. Oh, it's not pen at all. It's my scarf. I thought it was pen marks. Thank goodness for that, Bruce. Got a bit of a cough, haven't I? Um, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I thought I was a pen. Right. Problem solved. I wasn't wearing a, uh, a dirty top. Assets in the house. Hi, Asset. How are you doing? Asset Join. Good to see you. How's everything up at the pool? Hope everything's good. I'll be up there soon, I think. Next week or week after, isn't it? Um, not next week, is it? I think it's a week after. Um, so, um, I've got to be honest with you. I've done, I've done my bit, and I am uh, heading for the door in a minute. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, you know what to do. Call me, message me, gram me, Facebook me, YouTube me, do whatever you want, and I will do my level best to answer to the best of my abilities next week. But uh, for now, I'm signing off. Sorry, I said, but you can have a look at it. Um, is that Megan? Who is that Megan? Is it? Whoever it is. Anyway, good to see you. Uh, have a look at the replay if you want. But actually, you don't. We're all good. Looking forward to another Thursday with the stand. Okay, that's it. That's it. Looking forward to our set. Um, I think it's going to be much better in the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Because it was a little bit, a little bit ropey last time, wasn't it? A bit late. I was a bit late last time. I do acknowledge that. I do it. Hi, Megan. I do acknowledge the lateness of the last one and i think we are we're gonna go early doors in a couple of weeks i'm gonna be back in that hotel room for anti in fact i'm gonna be back in that hotel room for pointless i reckon yeah i'm gonna say that now you heard me live I'm back in my hotel room for pointless um yeah whereas last time missed both antiques road trips it was like after nine i think i was back in the hotel room but, uh, that's how i gauge my day by the way you know, pointless is going to be a great day if I get my pointless. You know, pointless. If you if you're in the pointless tenable range, that's you're doing well. If you can get for the first antique road trip, which is seven o'clock, seven to eight, eight to nine. If you get the first antique road trip, that's standard. I would say that's kind of where you're aiming. That's your aim. The pointless tenable is very rare. Um, first antique road trip is is kind of your your, your aim, but second antiques road trip is kind of your normal by the time you've gone to the chippy and stuff if you can get the second antiques road trip that's that's still okay if you miss both antiques road trips that's a that's a long day um you hold me to that i'll give it a go i'll give it a go but i think i think we're going to be good in a couple of weeks i think we're definitely going to be good oh yeah long time no see good to see you here this evening uh what we've got so sue has done another comment thank you sue sue i think we should have stickers because sue is a three comment um that's a three comment night for you sue it doesn't add to the the um snake unfortunately but there you go due to two comment comment night so that's good uh asset actually look at this assets are three no four look at that asset's got four comments so uh well done all you multiple commenters and i will um yeah i'll go and uh 
you know, obviously you've got a lot to do. Obviously busy, busy guy, as you can imagine. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do all those things that I have got to do. And uh, delighted that it's not viral on my top, to be honest. That's a win. That's a win. You've got to take the small wins, guys. You've got to take the small wins. So no biro on top and actually bits of scar is a win in my book. Um, so I'll take that. Yeah, next week, hasta la vista. See you then. Have a lovely night. See you, Megan. Take it easy. Love to your dad. Bye. End the, end the thing. Right. Uh, Sue, Jude, Kerry, love you big time. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for making the snake for me. And same time, same place, 7 o'clock. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.